0: Costas, it's very good to see you. Great to see you too, Matteo. I'm really happy we're doing this. And specifically, I'm happy we have decided to look into practical common scenarios that most professionals find themselves in at some point of their career. And today, it's about something I have struggled myself with at times, which is to be able to focus at work despite dealing with the blow in our personal lives. And so the question that I would love to unpack with you is I have too many things going on in my life at the moment. I am completely distracted at work. What can I do? How can I focus better? How can I handle that?
1: A big topic, Matteo. But as uh, you said yourself, I've uh, enjoyed our previous conversation. So I'm thrilled that we're beginning this series with this really uh, basic but very uh, difficult life topic uh, and it is a life topic not a work-life topic we called it the work-life conundrum for today but we all have one life uh, if we're all one person uh, but you're absolutely right many of us uh, constantly feel a sense of being overwhelmed not only by the responsibilities we have uh, during office hours as it were but also managing our personal lives relationships uh, health and so on so it's absolutely a topic that I think needs uh, you know, more focus and where I think there are some practical tools that can help us do that as well as some sort of broader frameworks that allow us to sort of understand what it is that is distracting us. You mentioned distraction uh, and that's an important theme. So the first thing I would say is it's really important to understand what times work best for you. Sounds very simple but when you able to be focused Uh, some people don't really think about that Uh, you just have an incoming flow of lots of things that are on your uh, desk or in front of your inbox and you try to get through them as quickly and efficiently as you can and you have a sense of being out of control or uh, overwhelmed right by the volume or by the difference in tasks So the first sort of framework, which sounds simple, but is actually difficult, is actually to understand yourself and understand which times in the day you are most effective in focus, where you're most effective in being creative, and where perhaps you have a lull in your concentration where you may choose to spend time on more mundane tasks. Um, So that's sort of the first observation. How do we do it? List making, which we all do, in my judgment, uh, is not the answer. I mean, we all do it to some extent. But what often happens, as we all know, is that um, a bunch of things stay at the bottom of the list. Uh, You end up sort of adding things to the top uh, in a frantic attempt uh, to retain control. Um, And the things that you need to do but are either difficult or mundane, right, or important from a life perspective, Sometimes when we're in the middle of a work environment that's uh, stressful, stay at the bottom. And if I may say so, often those are the things that are distracting. Those are the things that avoid flow, uh, avoid the sense of being able to concentrate and make progress on the things in front of you. So um, my approach to, to that whole concept is is all about time blocking. I have stopped making lists personally as a result of actually being trained as a coach. Again, I'm not suggesting to you, Mateo, that at your age or at your stage of career, I had these insights. I've learned them in the journey of being a coach. But I now don't make lists. I block out time. If I feel that 8 to 10 a.m. is a productive time, I often put difficult, challenging tasks uh, in that time slot. If I feel that between 2 and 3 post-lunch, I have a bit of a malaise in my focus, then I do scheduling or mundane things. Each individual has their own sort of hourly journey through the day of where they can focus more or less. So that's one practical sort of concept that I think can be helpful uh, to feel less distracted. We're starting with practical steps here, so I'm not going to undervalue your observation. You've got things going on in your personal life. So that's one thing, not list making, but time blocking, time blocking against things you need to do. So if it's something personal, do it at a time when you may be less uh, alert for creativity, but more able to think about things that matter to you uh, outside of the workplace. There are lots of other techniques that many different psychologists, authors, entrepreneurs have come up with. You may have heard of a couple. I'll reference them because our listeners may have come across them. Uh, One is called the Pomodoro Technique, which you would like because obviously it's an Italian word. (laughs) The guy who came up with it actually had a timer that was in the shape of a tomato. That's why it's called the Pomodoro Technique. But his concept is that you can't actually focus for longer than 25 minutes at a time. The challenge of COVID and the challenge of where we are post-COVID is that we have a massive block of time ahead of us right? every day. And it's difficult to know when the work life begins and the personal life uh, comes back right? It's all a blur. Again, stepping away from all that, uh, uh, Cirillo, who invented this technique, says, well, actually, just block out 25 minutes of time to focus on things. Give yourself a five minute break. Do another 25 minutes. Give yourself a five minute break. Do that four times. You kind of have almost two hours of work, but with five minute breaks, and then take a longer break. So again, in the context of being distracted and feeling overwhelmed, be kinder is the message really from uh, the Pomodoro technique to yourself in an ability to focus. Uh, slim it down to 25-minute pockets with five-minute breaks, then have a longer break and do the same again. So this sense of feeling that I've been staring at something or you know trying to get something done for two hours and I'm not being effective is really being unkind to the natural phenomenon, which is that most people can't concentrate. For longer than 25 minutes at a go with serious focus so if you say to yourself that's what i'm going to do again you may have a strategy yeah for being more uh, effective uh, and being less distracted for those 25 minutes
0: i really like the concept of time and you're right we all jump into list making and the first thing that we all think about is making a list So, you you got me there, but thinking of time and specifically thinking about carving a specific slot of time to get work stuff done. And I imagine myself, let's say, starting with 25 minutes and wanting to focus on specific tasks at work that are important for the day or the week. One question that I have for you, and I don't necessarily expect a, a specific answer, is knowing that we are usually quite bad at predicting the impact and the weight of tasks, right? Of knowing what is important, what isn't, what should I get done first at work? How can I make the most of those 25 minutes?
1: That's a really good question. I immediately think of Stephen Covey's prioritization matrix uh, when I hear you again. It's the question of what is important and urgent for this time slot, right? There are two different lenses through which we see tasks is it important and is it urgent and Stephen Covey has a matrix that says that's the stuff you should be doing right now you have 25 minute slots that day you should focus on what's important and what's urgent some things are important but not urgent they can wait right but if we feel they're urgent but we don't focus on the fact that they're not important we may do them even though they're not important so things have to be both urgent and important for them to be prioritized and being done in the near term as it were the things that are still important but not urgent we should schedule what does schedule mean in my world time blocking right (laughs) to connect those two frameworks Um, so that's one concept the other concept is and again depending on your seniority it's 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 Harder sometimes to implement, but always possible, regardless of rank. So I'm not being hierarchical. But I'm just saying some things are urgent, but not important. And in those situations, what Stephen Covey's approach says is that those are the things you could actually delegate to someone else. They have to be done, but they're not important. Now, the lens I like to overlay on Stephen Covey's approach is if you're a conscientious executive, as most people are, you tend to blur what's important and urgent for your firm with what's important and urgent for you personally. Because if you you care about the organization you work for and you want to make a good impression and there are a bunch of things sent to you, all of which feel urgent and important, they're not always urgent and important for you to do. They could be things that either could be planned or they could be things that somebody else in the team could do. So again, Thinking about both urgency and importance for you as the individual trying to allocate your time in a specific time slot is the way to think about that sort of framework rather than I have been asked by my employer to do this important and urgent thing, but maybe actually that can be done by somebody else or maybe that thing can be done next week. So again, it's, it's having that sort of discipline for your own time management and focusing only on the things that are important and urgent for you to do. There's another technique, again, just to give your list as a sense of frameworks that may resonate. Different things you see resonate with different different people. And that's why I enjoy coaching so much, because I've been subjected through my accreditation to different tools. But there's a three-three-three technique. Some people say just spend three hours on something that's uh, the important project, right? So today, I'm going to spend three hours on an important project. Again, I would suggest in 25-minute slots, if you believe, Lo, but three hours. I'm going to do three shorter but urgent tasks. I'm going to spend three hours on an important task. I'm going to do three urgent tasks, scheduling meetings, following up on an email that are quick and short. And then I'm going to do three, what I would call maintenance tasks, life tasks, seeing the doctor, booking to meet up with your life partner for dinner, the things that actually matter to the whole person, so they can be less distracted when they're focusing on the important project. So three, three, three is three hours on the important project, three shorter urgent tasks, three maintenance life tasks. That's another approach. So it's trying to answer your question in different ways. I, I don't know if that's helpful or
0: not. That is that is very helpful. And I'm actually taking notes as usual. I always need to be prepared with pen and paper whenever I, I speak to you. I'm I'm thinking this is to me at least extremely helpful. Obviously, we are talking about a situation where I'm at work and I am trying to make the best I can with the time that I have, and I try to organize my work in time slots. Of course, I come from a place where, for whatever reason, I am distracted. I'm stressed, I'm anxious, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm does a framework somehow take the thinking off and allow me to, let's say, jump straight into things? And does being stressed and anxious make it more difficult to fall within that framework? Yeah, again, a very
1: insightful question. Um, There are a number of frameworks, but they're all really fundamentally, I think, ways of adding perspective to one's journey will have different uh, journeys, some people don't like the word journey, but life's journey is full of different challenges, different opportunities, uh, different areas of uh, relevant personal interest. And my favorite tool that I use with many of my clients, and it's often the tool that is the breakthrough uh, moment, actually, in terms of understanding what it is that is stressing or distracting or whatever it may be, right? Uh, Creating not imbalance, but a bumpier ride. And I use those words carefully for the reason I'm about to explain, Matteo, is is called the wheel of life. So it's literally, you draw a circle, uh, like a wheel. Uh, You cut it into eight segments, like eight pizza slices. uh, And at the end of each slice, is a topic that we all have to think about in our lives. Career, personal growth, relationships, fun, health, uh, you know, whatever, you can create your own wheel of life, but there are lots of examples you can find online uh, of the topics that we all kind of have as part of our life's journey and the foundation of the framework is really to sort of assess from the center of the circle to the circumference how satisfied we are with each slice if you're very satisfied with your career you put an x on the circumference of the slice that says career right if you're moderately satisfied with your personal growth you put your marker halfway along the slice towards the circumference and so on Okay, And you join these sort of markers up and you come up with a shape that, in theory, could look like a circle if you're all satisfied with everything on the outside or can have amorphous different edges based on whether you're oversatisfied with some things or undersatisfied with something. But it's a way really, again, going back to being overwhelmed or feeling that you have so much to deal with, it's a way of disaggregating the different areas of one's life that one cares about. And seeing kind of visually, immediately, which areas are ones you feel in control of or satisfied with, and which areas who are closer to the middle of the circle you may need to focus on. And what that often reveals is actually quite consistent, which again, speaks to the fact that we're all human. As we started this conversation, the topic of today is one that we all deal with at various times, I would argue actually daily, finding a sense of a smooth ride not a bumpy ride, is actually often the things that are creating that bumpiness are either health and personal relationships on the one hand or career and personal growth on the other. So either we're satisfied with career and personal growth, but we have neglected our own health or our relationships or our sense of fun. Or actually, we feel pretty good about those things. We're looking after our health and we're spending time with our friends, but we're lacking purpose or we don't feel that we're growing or we don't feel our career is what it needs to be or should be. And just seeing that visually, what it does is, first of all, helps you unpack all the things that are going on in one's mind without making a list. Remember, I have this aversion to lists. It's really a list around a circle, but... Hopefully you'll forgive me for that. (laughs) But it's a way of working out what it is you should focus on. So again, going back to how we started, if you realize, well, actually I haven't looked after my health recently, I haven't gone to the gym or I haven't done whatever sport I enjoy doing or I haven't meditated or I haven't gone for a walk the way I used to go. Those are the things that, you know, release the endorphins that allow us to take on the, the rest of our life more easily. And it's amazing how often Just that realization is often the key to people being able to deal with the rest in a more focused and less distracted way. Similarly, if you feel you're going nowhere or you've lacked a sense of purpose and you realize that, you know, personal growth, career prospects and so on, again, what you can do is think about ways in which you can make progress on those fronts, not just let them sit there and allow you to remain either demotivated or distracted. There's a lot more to unpack from that. But hopefully that gives you at least, you know, the framework I like most in achieving perspective and trying to understand how one can focus on the areas that need more focus from an individual's sort of standpoint.
0: It definitely helps me picture this wheel. And I'm thinking about my own wheel of life and I'm thinking where, where I'm standing at the moment. There is one thing that I've noticed that... You are very careful about using the word balance. You talk about a, a smooth ride, less of a bumpy ride, but you don't really speak about balance. Why is that?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I have a few aversions. My biggest aversion, as I think we talked about the last time we spoke, is around soft and hard skills. Different topic for another day I know we're going to talk about because, again, that suggests that one is somehow more technical and one is somehow more flimsy in fact life skills are all about managing oneself and managing relationships with other people more effectively as you know that's why I call my business in tune but I don't think life is about balance because I don't know what that means myself to be frank I think life is about purpose and to be honest the way I would answer therefore that question is is through the Japanese framework uh, there's an interesting framework for the Japanese have created called Ikigai, and then you can come across it, but it's a really interesting way of understanding what it is that we're all actually ultimately seeking. And it has four circles. What is it that you love to do? What is it that you're good at? What is it that pays you? And what does the world need? Very interesting. What do you love doing? What are you actually good at? I mean, I love to sing. I have a terrible voice. Yeah? (laughs) They're not the same. What pays you? No one would pay me to sing. What does the world need? No one needs me to sing. For example. Okay? Now, the Japanese Ikigai framework says what one is aiming to do, actually, is to find that sense of purpose, to find the things you're good at, that people would pay you, And the things that you love doing matched with something that the world needs and if you find the opportunity to find all of those elements then actually you have found purpose so for me it's kind of work-life purpose we've called it conundrum but it's not balance because i'm not sure what i what i mean what we mean by that some people's sense of purpose has a different weighting in some areas than others is that balance or is that simply understanding purpose the one caveat i would make and again life is not perfect the idea that we can all find the things we love the things we're good at the things we get paid for and what the world needs in any one job again difficult there are some very fortunate people who find all that and maybe life's journey actually is trying to find that but it's a useful way of working out what it is that we're seeking and you don't have to find them all in one place is my is my overlay again, or Nicky guy uh, as a coach? Uh, and I had a really interesting conversation actually with my brother a few years ago. I think he was in career transition. I was in career transition, and I think we were both looking to find all these things in one place. And we agreed. I think he may or may not appreciate me sharing this uh, on this podcast. We agreed that you don't need to find them in one place, but as long as you have things that you're good at, things that you get paid for, things that you love doing, and Are involved in stuff that the world needs, which gives you that sense of purpose, then you're more likely to be having a smoother ride uh, and more likely to be less distracted as a result.
0: I have a lot to think about and a lot to elaborate following this conversation, and I really appreciate you taking the time for this. Based on my understanding and, of course, your perspective and what we've discussed, if I were to do this exercise after this chat and draw my own wheel of life, should I feel bad that it does not turn out to be a perfect circle? Absolutely not.
1: No one has a perfect circle. The key is to understand what's imperfect about it and to give yourself the time and the opportunity to address it. The key message is to be kinder. yourself it really is because again the reason we're distracted the reason we're overwhelmed is we're trying to create a perfect circle at all times doesn't life isn't that simple right but disaggregating the noise finding frameworks that are either practical as we talked about at the beginning in terms of time management and prioritization or finding perspective about what actually matters to you whether it's wheel of life framed you know, or relationships or whether it's ikigai-based purpose can just help us uh, feel that we are in greater control, yeah, of the areas that are, are distracting us. And again, uh, this we're, we're trying to do justice in 20 minutes, Matteo, to a big topic, but I enjoy the coaching journey with my clients because uh, you can take six months, to really unpack these elements and find a set of frameworks that work for you. But you have to start somewhere, we all do. Uh, and hopefully, some of these insights help you and uh, hopefully our listeners to make progress along that journey.
0: I am very sure they do, Costas. I enjoyed our chat as always. And I look forward to many more conversations in the future. I am very grateful for your time and hopefully, I'll speak to you soon.
1: Thank you, Mateo. I've enjoyed it. Always an interesting conversation with you. All the best.